0: He's unpredictable, he's relentless, he's fearless. he's fearless, he's smart, he's a jerk. Oh man, what a jerk. How would you describe Kirk Minahan? He's talented, he's blunt, he's complicated, he's the fakest tough guy I know, he's honest, A self-proclaimed weenie, he's, he's angry, he's actually a good guy, he's a psycho big-mouth prick. I wish we had more Kirk Minahan's. How would you describe Kirk Minahan? Combustible, unpredictable, venomous, Chesty. obnoxious, selfish, polarizing, pompous. Enough about me, let's get to the show. It's Kirk Minahan's. Enough about me. I was supposed to talk to Mike Gorman. I think I went about a month ago. Went to the garden to take the podcast with Gorman. We taped it. It was excellent. Evidently, although I don't believe this, I fucked up with the equipment. I don't believe that. I think it was a sabotage by somebody, whether it's my producer or somebody at the company, I don't know. Everyone is trying to screw me. I understand that that's probably what happened. Gorman, as a gentleman, agreed unbelievably to spend more time with me, so uh, we taped another podcast. This one was just as good, a little different, but just as good. I'm guessing it worked, because you're listening to it. If not, we'll do it again in a month. I don't know. <laughs> in my in my defense, Mike, it was recorded, but it was all muddled. You were there. You saw. I seemed to you very confident.
1: We saw lights, Kirk. We thought, we thought it was working. You
0: work with somebody who you thought was a very competent guy, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so, I don't know. So, I... I, I, I it, Here's the problem: is it went so well that I want to go over some of the same stuff, but I don't want to bore you by going over some of the same stuff. I'm in the trap here, so I'll, I'll just start this way, and we'll see where it goes. Is where it goes. Okay. So I saw last week, or I, you know, saw we both saw last week. The Sean McDonough, who we both know, got the uh, got the Monday Night Football job. He'll be great at it. I think he's. I've I've told you this. I think you're the best play-by-play guy in the history of the city. I put McDonough at one A, but I do wonder for a guy like you to see a guy like McDonough, who's sort of a peer. He's a little younger go nationally, as he's been for a while, and get this big job. Do you ever step away and think, geez, you know, if I had done this or if I had done that, that could be me in this position for basketball, say? Um,
1: You know, first let's talk about Sean here for just a second. Um, I'm flattered that you would put me in the same class with Sean because Sean is, I think, as good a guy as there is on a national level who can do every sport. Sean can can do football well. He can do basketball well. He obviously can do baseball well. Um, I've seen him do golf. I've uh, seen him mm-hmm. on some bizarre Olympic events occasionally, and um, he is just very, very solid. There aren't many guys that can do it, are as versatile as Sean is, so I'm really happy for him with the Monday Night Football thing. I think it's a great uh, signing by ESPN. Um, it, they took a, they put a really talented guy on there. That was obviously their emphasis in in finding it, uh, somebody to replace. Uh, Michael, right? Uh, who moved over to NBC. But so, uh, a on Sean, I, I couldn't be happier for Sean. I think it's a great, uh, again, a great recognition of a guy who's very talented. As far as me being able to do that, I, I, I got no complaints with my career, Kirk. I've had, a, I've had a nice run. I've done the Olympics uh, in Barcelona. I've done uh... did team handball from on the london olympics um... i'm going to do basketball out of stanford connecticut on on the uh... upcoming olympics
0: you don't so you don't, don't want to go to rio you don't want to fly now no there? that's okay <laughs> you sure i can we yeah, can make I'm that sure. happen
1: yeah don't don't please um... So you're, but doing, no, I, so you're doing i have i have no regrets that way i really don't um... i i, I love what i did as you know i'm a dorchester guy mm-hmm. um... to 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 be doing the celtics and and um... You know, the the Boston Globe gave out awards last year for the first time, something they called the Globies.
0: Yeah, Um, I was not nominated.
1: And and I I was fortunate enough to to, to win the voice of Boston uh, uh, Globe. And, um, you know, without sounding corny, I can't think of anything else that um, if my mom and dad were around today that I would want to show them. Um, that, that somebody thought I was actually the voice of Boston. So, um, in order to get that, I, I, I had to make the career decisions that I made, and, and again, I have no regrets at all looking back. I've, I've I've had a really nice run.
0: Was there any point that you know ABC? Hell, they've all had them. CBS, NBC, ABC, ESPN came to you or your agent and said, "Hey, maybe we want to work with this guy from a you know more of a national perspective."
1: Well, yeah, I have had those offers. Um, Again, they didn't seem to fit at at, at the time. Um, I'd probably the first tickle I got in that was way back. Um, I had uh, not to get into my life history, but I I had had recently gotten divorced and had full custody of of my daughter, Um, and she was only two at the time, Um, and. the, the New York Mets called me up one day, uh, somebody from the net, Mets, I forget who it was, called me up one day and asked me if I'd be interested in coming to New York and, and doing Mets baseball. Um, and, and that's where I really had to make some life decisions as to w- what I was pursuing here and uh, at the time being a single father. So uh, I opted for the single father route, um, was flattered by the, the Mets' interest at the time. But um, again, have, have have really no regrets. And um, Again, have done the first couple of rounds of the NCAA for CBS. Mm-hmm. Um, have done the Olympics for NBC. Um, have done, uh, way back when, did NBA playoff games for Turner. So, I mean, I've, I've had my turn. I've had my at-bats, my share of at-bats, so I have no regrets.
0: Are you still enjoying, uh, did you enjoy this, much, this Celtic season, say, as much as, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? I know it depends if the team's good or if they suck, but did you enjoy yeah. this entertaining season as much as you would have if you were 20 years younger?
1: Yeah, I you know like I, there's there's two different phases to my Celtics career. There's the first 15 years or so where I just did the home games, and but right. that was a very different experience. You know, I didn't I didn't get to know Larry and Dennis and, and and Danny and those guys because I I you you get to know people when you're on the road. So um,
0: so that was Santos and stuff like that.
1: Exactly, Roger right. Twybo. Right, right. Uh, yeah, Tommy and Cruz used to used, <laughs> right. used to do the away games. Tommy and Red did the away games, you know, for a while. Um, so I had I had two different phases to my career. So this the second phase, where I, I travel with the team and, and have a chance to get close to guys, um, and, and is much much different, and, and I enjoy it much much more. And, and this year's team was a really good team to to get in touch with. They're they're a good bunch of guys. They're they're overachievers. They they, they kind of took on the personality of their coach. Um, a lot of good things happened with this team and I think there's a lot of good things going forward with the Celtics right now Um, I'm not sure exactly when we're going to be airing this but we're coming up on the the lottery drawing. Yeah, we'll find out exactly where the Celtics get to make a pick here, and that will uh, determine a lot as, as as the team goes forward. But the, this is a team going forward from making the playoffs for the last two years. And, and if it wasn't for an NBA snafu, I know it sounds like I'm being the ultimate homer here, but if it wasn't for an NBA snafu with those rules where – The Celtics win the season series against Miami, beat Miami on the final night of the season to have a better record than Miami and still finish below Miami in terms of uh, the playoffs and end up having to go to Atlanta for the first round as opposed to having Miami come to Boston uh, for the first round. Uh, You know, this team would have a legitimate shot at still playing. Uh, as we talk right now, if they had, you know, gotten a second of those two scenarios, but you know, that, that, that's the way that that stuff happens, and um, you got to move on. And now we move on to the lottery and see what happens there.
0: Do you feel like you're more pro team than you were 10 years ago? As you get older, do you feel like you're more comfortable? I don't know. Maybe in you just do you just feel that way now as a, as a broadcaster?
1: Yeah, I you know. I- I, I always had hope I mean, you, get hit, is, you
0: do get hit with that sometimes, more than before. No,
1: I don't make any, you know, again, I, I had a chance to do network games, and I understand, like, the years that I did Big Monday, that was a lot of fun because the approach I took to doing that was you just root for both sides. Right. Uh, you're just looking for a good game, and, and, and you're looking for good plays, and you, you're looking for both sides. But when it comes to the Celtics, I mean, I want the Celtics to win. Um, I, I'm not as over-the-top, I don't think, or ever have been as over-the-top as Tommy is about that. <laughs> so, uh, I, 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 you know, that helps me pull back a little bit. But but as you say, um, yeah, yeah I, I don't consider Homer a bad word. I'm comfortable with that definition. I mean, if, if you're doing, quote, local broadcasts, which is, in other words, you're not doing the network, you're doing a local broadcast, and you're not being a Homer, you're missing the boat. Um, because I mean that's that's what people tune in for. They don't they don't want to get somebody's uh, impressions calling the game. That's the biggest complaint I hear. Um, I go to sometimes the guys who come in. I'm jumping around here a bit. Forgive me, but that's right. I go I go sometimes to the guys who come in from other teams, uh, and especially the guys who come in from ESPN. And 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 uh, all, I have a great relationship with Mike Green, but with some of the other guys, and I'll say, are "You all set on us?" Uh, and they'll say, "Yes." And I want to go, "No, you're not." <laughs> No, you're not. You right. don't have 10 percent of a clue as to what's going on here. Um, but but that's all it needs, really. You only need about 10 percent of a clue on the network.
0: If I played a, a broadcast with you, if you watched it of a let's say a team from I don't know the ML Car Tankier, mm-hmm. and it's a March game and it's against mm-hmm. a Milwaukee team, <laughs> yeah. if you're watching that game and I'm watching it with you, will you recognize that you? I don't want to say don't care but that you're not as into it as you are if I played you a, a tape of a game from 2008. The, oh, I think that's it, true. Yeah. yeah,
1: sure, sure. Um, and, you know, and again, I, I I really try hard not to lie to the people listening. You know, I mean, we, we, we try to make a proposition with, with, with people at the beginning of, of the night and saying, like, hey, we're asking you to spend the next two and a half hours with us. Um, and. So I got to be honest with those people. Number one, number two, hopefully two, three, four times over those course of, of the two and a half hours, I, I can make somebody laugh right. who's, who, who's watching because you owe them that. Otherwise, it's like a dirge. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get, when you go back to what you mentioned, some of the bad teams in the 80s, that was hard to sell. That was, frankly, that was really hard to sell. Um, you know, the, the Celtics went through an extended period of time where they just weren't good and, and made a lot of bad decisions from a, from a front office point of view. Um, and it wasn't until we got this current ownership in there that that situation reversed itself.
0: Did you ever get the feeling that you weren't going to be around? Is your job always been secure since you showed up here at day one?
1: Oh, no. I worked the first, almost the first 20 years of doing this on one-year contracts. Is that true? Oh, yeah. So
0: sports So that was Sports Channel, right? Yeah. And it was one year deal till when? Uh, so like the mid two thousand, like, like two thousand four or five. Uh,
1: probably, maybe that, maybe late, late nineties. Yeah, right, right around two thousand. Yeah, it was always one year contracts. Now, um, you know, I was finally able to, to get some extensions and get three year contracts after that. But uh, yeah, so I, I never felt all that secure in the job. Um, I never felt all that secure in the job. Frankly, the first fifteen years.
0: Let's, does that affect your performance? It would affect. If I had a one-year deal, I mean, listen, I'm gonna get fired anyway. But if I if, <laughs> if if I was working on a series of one-year deals, and I know my what I do is a little different than what you do, my head would be spinning all the time.
1: Uh. Well. Yeah. I mean. No. Well, my I, my head did spin I, I, at that time because I was never really sure. Again the uh I, one thing i learned in the 80s you and i talked about this before um when the team is good people consider the broadcast is good right right but when when the team is bad the broadcasters suck so um you know we went through an extended period of time uh where the, the, the team was bad and that was all the time that i was on a one year contract and whoever you know the, the people were at, at sports channel at the time who uh fox and the different incarnations with ben they're always trying to figure out a way To to make it better, and even though you and I know that people don't tune into a game to listen to a specific broadcaster, they tune into a game to watch the game. Some of the management people think, well, if we change the talent, the numbers will go up. Well, you know that usually doesn't happen, but that's you know, it's it's like the situation that Danny uh, describes to me all the time when he's trying to deal with other general managers. That general managers are afraid to make deals; they'd rather fire the coach. Right. You know, uh, right. And, and then they necessarily make a deal themselves where they're on right. the hook for it. Right. And, and uh, that was the thing with, with the ownerships that the different ownerships go through. They were trying to figure out a way that they could uh, do something to up the ante without necessarily having to having no control over the product, which they don't because the, the, the television carrier cannot control whether the team's good or bad. They can only control what the game looks like and sounds like.
0: How many years do you have left in your deal now?
1: I think
0: every year. One, are you? Is it ever in your mind? Like you considering right now? We talked about this last time. Are you considering right now? Screw. You have a nice house. You can walk to the water. You you know. You probably don't have a lot of. I'm guessing you're okay financially. Is there any part of you that says, you know, I want to get on a plane to go to Minnesota in January? Screw it. I'm done.
1: No, not yet, Kurt. I I mean, I I can see that happening at some point. Um, You know, I I really like working with Scal, which 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 is. that's been a shot in the arm, and that's that's in no way meant as anything negative towards Tommy, but it, it just it makes going to work a little different on the road. Um, and I I think Brad can be very successful here. I mean, I I think this team can contend in the next three to four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I um, my standard response when someone asks me how long I'm going to stick around, I, I want to be in one more duck boat parade. That'd be fun.
0: So it's different now with when, when a shot in the arm. When you say it's different, I know you're not meaning as a, a slight to Tommy. You just mean it's a different voice, it's different energy, it's a different perspective. All,
1: all three of those, exactly right. You know, and, and especially the last one, perspective. You know, it, it, um, it. Tommy has a frame of reference that goes back 50 years. Uh, Scal's is much shorter. Uh, Scal. There are guys that we, we when we. Go to games and they come out and they're shooting around or on the court an hour and a half before the game. These are guys that Scal competed against. Uh, a very different relationship than say Tommy would have. A lot of young assistant coaches in the league are guys that Scal played with and competed against. So he has a he has a much better feel for who the opposition is uh, simply because he's the, the guys that appears to his. Whereas Tommy very naturally would go more towards. When, when saying someone is, let's say making comparisons, mm-hmm. um, Tommy tends to compare people 20, 30 years ago. Scal compares people two years ago. Uh, I, I, again, it's just a very different perspective to, to, to take to the game, and, and I find it uh, enjoyable. And Scal is much more of a, uh, you know, I mean, and again, never to question here, Tommy's credentials. He's, he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame as a coach and won two world championships. That's all you need to say in terms of coaching. But, but Scal, in today's world of the coaches who really micromanage teams, Scal is really into the X and O's. and He's very good with the X and O's. And I sit around and listen to him talk with coaches, and he holds his own in discussions. Uh, again, I think that's something interesting that he, he brings to the table that is uh, just different.
0: I think when I, mean, I listen to him, and I agree with what you're saying, but I also I I feel like Scal hasn't figured out the the personality yet. That part of no, it. No, he hasn't. I agree. Is a, a color. He's trying. I think a little too hard, and it's a little too much of the Wii. I, I don't want so much we when I'm watching the game.
1: Yeah, it, it. Well, see, that's one of the things I have to try to uh, learn now and 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 adjust to, and uh, and that's fine. I like being challenged to try to to make adjustments. Um, you know, do I have to be more more of a homo with scal, less of a homo with scal, uh keep uh those are all things. I can't control Tommy. I, I gave up right, trying to control right. Tommy years ago. But I, I can't have some influence on scal. So uh yeah, I'm always constantly looking for feedback like you just gave me as to what um people think of scal early on. Are you afraid
0: there. are you when the guy not afraid, but when the guy who's played in the NBA or, or coach, actually scal's done both playing coach in the NBA or or Tommy, when they say something that you disagree with, you just 100% disagree with, as a play-by-play guy, Mm -hmm. are you going to disagree with him or are you just going to let the statement go on its own?
1: I'm probably going to let the statement go on its own and tell him later off the air that I disagree with him.
0: Because I heard in the end of one of the games in Atlanta, they were getting, you know, one of the blowouts. They lost by whatever. The game they lost by like 40 points. And somebody did a couple of shots for the Celtics at the end of the game, and Scal said he thinks that's going to carry over to the next game. And I thought, well, this, I mean, what the hell is he talking about?
1: Yeah. And I wonder. Yeah, right. I
0: wonder is a play. So you just you're just going to say that's not my that's not my real estate. That's his real estate, and I'll talk about him off the air. So what's the discussion like off the air? If you have a let's just what say, are you
1: thinking when you make a statement like that?
0: And is he? Oh, he's open to criticism. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, some oh, people, Scal,
1: Scal, you know Scal is really good that way, and he he completely understands this is this is new. Ground for him, mm-hmm. and 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 he's always looking for feedback. He's always looking for uh, constructive criticism. Um, yeah, he's very very open to that. Now that's not to say that he will suddenly back off his opinion afterwards, but but he's very open to the discussion of it. And and as um, again, that's one of the things that from the very get go, at Scalit has been his from where I sit, his most appealing characteristic it's his willingness to learn. And this uh, a lot of guys come into the analyst job right from the league or from coaching and they think it's going to be easy and they think it's it it, that television is just easy and as you know from from being in the business it's not easy right um and and so that kind of shocks them when they first get on there some don't react well to it Scal has re- reacted very well to it, and, and again is uh, is very open to constructive criticism, and even from 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 fans and from other broadcasters. I mean, I'm sure he'd love to hear what you think about his broadcasting.
0: Yeah, he's been a little cold to me the few times we've met, but that's okay. I can deal. I can I can deal with it. most people. Are you know th- th- what's interesting about about this business to me is it, one of the things, especially about TV, is you know, and I think we talked we even talked about this last time. Is a guy like Peyton Manning who was prepares. Really hard. We know there's a quarterback, but CBS or Fox or ESPN or the NFL Network would cut him a check for five or six million dollars a year with no tape, sight unseen, no idea if he'll be critical players, no idea if he has a sense of humor, no idea whatsoever, and right. just put him in a position to broadcast a game like the lead position. Which, if you think about it, no other business in the world is going to do that.
1: I agree with you 100. I mean,
0: no, he might. He might. You know, he might turn out to be the greatest broadcaster ever. He might turn out to be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ray Lewis. You have no idea, but it just, <laughs> yeah, but it's just, let's right. it just. Th- and you know, I'm sure coaches have talked to ESPN. People have talked to him in production meetings. So they have some idea, but you know, you have no. They ESPN handed Ray Lewis a check because you know he gave fiery speeches and danced around. It's just, it's sort of the definition of insanity, I guess.
1: Yeah. No. It, 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 it's it's crazy, and it's why I lived in a world of one year contracts for so long. You know.
0: Right. Yeah. They thought that they could just bring somebody else in or whatever.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, exactly right. I, I, I think, um, you know, I mean, I've just been doing this for so long now. I, I'm probably more firmly implanted, but but I can understand back then why they were, they were like that. Especially, you know, through the '80s, everything was really good until the late '80s, and then then the team went south for 10 years. It was during the, those 10 years, and probably the first, well, probably the first eight or ten of those years. Uh, again, I was on these one-year deals, so. Um, you know, I never knew when a Sean McDonough or a uh, whomever was going to suddenly show up in Comcast or, or Sports Channel or Fox or whatever we were at that particular moment one day and impress somebody and have them decide, like, oh, this is the guy we need doing the play-by-play.
0: When you were having these one-year deals, did Tommy have multi-year deals? Did you know? Yeah? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, Tommy had Tommy and, had multi-year deals,
0: and you were which,
1: which was which was good because I always considered that kind of insurance for me because Tommy was you know Tommy and I, I you know we've had a good thing going for a long long time and both of us realize it and, and and neither one of us was ever in any hurry to go necessarily work with anybody else so even though I was working on one-year deals I always knew Tommy was in my corner um, and and if you know if and when they consulted Tommy as to what they were going to, with. The direction they were going to go, and on, on the play-by-play side, Tommy was always like, "Well, we got Mike; we don't need to go any further than that."
0: Have you have you been comfortable? Did it take you for a while, or right away? Were you okay with the idea that you were sort of I, I, in in the duo, in the partnership? I, I don't know how to define it, but he's sort of the big personality, and just sort of the, the... oh,
1: without question, yeah, sure, I had no problem with that. I mean, you know, I uh, you know, I I I couldn't, uh, yeah. I have no problem with that. I mean, Tommy's <laughs> credentials are just so overwhelming. Oh,
0: sure, I understand yeah. that. But when you, yeah. wa- when you watch the game, I mean, he's sort of the lunatic and you're sort of the, the straight guy. I'm the straight man. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I had no problem with that. No do, problem with
0: that at all. Do you uh, – are you ready for whenever it happens, whether it's two years from now, three years from now, you'll be okay doing 82 games with Scalabrini or whomever it is and Tommy gone? I mean, that's going to be, I would think, even though it's slowly being adjusted – Going to be a hell of adjustment, I would think. No
1: major adjustment. Yeah, you know, major adjustment. I, you know, and again, and this is only speaking to the simple fact that Tommy's eighty-one years right. old. Right. Yeah. Right. You know. Um, yeah. When we finished that last game and lost to Atlanta, it, it was it was a very emotional moment for me at the end, at the end of the game, um, not because we lost to Atlanta, um, but because I'm I'm never sure. What, what's going to happen again next year. I mean, when you when you get as old as, as Tommy and I are, things happen to people. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, did I just do my last game with Tommy Heinsohn? I certainly hope not, but but I can't keep that thought out of my mind uh, when, when we're signing off at the last time.
0: So the season ended, uh, how long, three weeks ago? Two weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. Two weeks ago. Have you talked to Tommy since, since the season ended?
1: Oh, yeah, two or three times. Okay. In fact, I was, I, I was uh, inducted into the Rhode Island uh, Radio Hall of Fame the other night,
0: uh-huh.
1: and uh, and Tommy surprised me. Showed up at, at, at the ceremony. Uh, God bless him.
0: So I didn't know how how often is your what is your off season interaction like in the summer? How often do you talk to him?
1: Uh, we talk every couple of weeks. We used to we used to play a lot of golf together, and then, and then Tommy stopped playing. Um, became too much of an effort from him. So, uh, you know, if I'm in Boston, we'll have dinner. If, if a couple of weeks go by and, and and I haven't seen him, I'll I'll just check in. You know, we'll talk after, t- after the numbers pop up, the balls pop up, and we find out where the Celtics are, mm-hmm. uh, I'll give them a call. We'll talk about what the Celtics should do. I'll see them in June on, uh, on draft night. Draft we'll night, probably yeah. be working together um, in between there if, I, if I'm in Boston, which I'm in Boston more now because I have an apartment in Boston, which I never
0: had before. Yeah, you're not schlupping back and forth like a moron. Exactly. Like, so, a, like uh, a total moron. One second, like a total moron. Back and forth from the, you know, I like you're one of the few people I like. I, I don't want to see you in danger driving three, what three, three or four hours at night in the winter, back and forth to New York and Boston.
1: Yeah, it was kind of, it what was kind of crazy. I, I, well, the thing, the thing is, I'm, I'm standing here right now and I'm looking out the, the window of my house, and and we live on the end of a lake, and and. Uh, My view is for about a mile down a house in in winter and summertime, rather, when all the trees are full, you cannot see any other homes on the lake, you just feel like. So, I I mean, I love where I live. Uh, Not so much, I hate the distance it is from Boston, but once I get here and I look out and I see my dock and I see my kayaks and uh, uh, I don't see anybody else and I just see a lake. It's my backyard. I'm kind of like, okay, I understand why I did
0: that for so long. Yeah, but you could, but, just, you could just stay at the hotel, Mike, and get up the next morning at, at 5.30 and drive and be there at 9.30 the next day. I'm worried about I, you. That's all.
1: That's true. Well, thanks. I appreciate <laughs> that. The thing is, and, 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 Kirk, you know this from from doing uh, shows. When, yeah. when you Whether it be a game or whether it be, be what you do all the yeah. time, there's adrenaline flowing that's at true. the game. That's and true. For you, it's at like 10 o'clock in the morning, so it just makes for a better day. For me, the adrenaline was flowing at 10, 11 o'clock at night. So it was, I always used to tell people, People, it, it was the last 45 minutes of the drive that were the problem. The, right. first, the first two hours, uh, you know, I was winding down from the game. I, I've, got, I've got, there's a wonderful guy, and you would probably, hopefully you know him. His name is George Weiner. Uh, he's a character actor. Oh, um, from Fletch? He, from Fletch, exactly right. Oh, yeah, my
0: God, from, from uh, She's okay. the Sheriff? Yeah, I, 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 know okay. him. I know him very well. I mean, I don't know him. I know, right, yeah.
1: Let me tell you what you don't know about George. Good. George grew up in, in what is now, um, it's not the Ritz-Carlton, the, the, the hotel that's right in, on the corner of the Common. The Four Seasons is on one corner, and is it, it's not a Mandarin. It's,
0: um, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That yeah.
1: hotel, I did, his dad was the general manager of that hotel. Really? They lived on the top floor, and his dad put a basketball court in on the top floor and uh, called Red Auerbach to teach his sons how to play basketball. Oh, um, and, and Red did it. Red would come over and, and hold these little mini sessions with, with, with George and his brothers. Um, so George is a, is a just a wonderful Celtic fan, has been forever, watches every single game. <laughs> really? uh, oh, yeah. And so George and I became, <laughs> go back about 20 years, um, at the Final Four, I used to play, pick up basketball with, with, with Kevin Costner and a whole bunch of people that, 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 that he hung out with and came to the Final Fours with, and I had met because when I was doing Big Monday and mm-hmm. me and Raf were guys tended to get introduced to people like this. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, w- w- I would play basketball. George is one of the guys I played basketball with. So uh, Kevin and I still are occasionally in touch, but George and I are in touch all the time. We're, we're, we've become really good friends. And so he being in L.A.,
0: yeah, three I hours say, earlier, right.
1: Yeah. So I would call him on the car phone when I hit the mass pike and sometimes talk to him all the way all the way home. Sometimes for like a couple of hours. He'd he'd just stay on the phone and talk about the Celtics because he just loves them so much. Guys so, got, you know, that that got me through a lot of rides.
0: Guys like that are yeah, guys like that are fascinating to me. They've sort of made a it it's gonna be such a strange career being a, a character actor. You know, you have no idea where your next check is and you probably you know, you yeah, probably, you're, you're never gonna get that big, big role, but he's been steadily working, right, for 30, 35 years. Oh, he
1: has a wonderful resume. If you ever go on there, I forget what that website IMDb, is. IMDb,
0: right. Yes, exactly. He's said Spaceballs.
1: Oh, Spaceballs. Right. <laughs> he's was um, the district attorney in Hill Street Blues. Oh, right. Uh, That's going, right. Going way back. Um, oh, yeah. No, George just had a really... Remarkable career, but I mean, uh, if you, if you, I give you his number sometimes. Yeah, you got if it. If you, if you ever want to get somebody on to talk about the Celtics, he will talk about the Celtics forever, and he, he is right on top of how many turnovers this guy committed in the last game. I mean, he's he lives it. He really lives it. So, so he, he oh, long answer to your question. He bailed me out on a lot of rides.
0: There you go. So, uh, you know, uh, often in our job with the three of us, you know, one of us isn't talking to the other one off the air, or, or two of us aren't <laughs> talking to one right now, actually. We're in the middle of one right now for about a month. In the, whatever, more than 30 years that you and Tommy have been together, what's the longest you've gone off the air without talking to each other?
1: Oh, a couple of months.
0: A couple of months? So, yeah. What yeah. happened?
1: Well, um, Again, it's more recently than than, than, than before. Oh, I, I meant days. I meant like a fight, like a like oh a, a
0: fight, yeah, contentious, oh, a contentious no. thing.
1: No, Nothing? maybe no. maybe like three four days. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I mean, um, Tommy has this line he uses all the time. He says, "Mike and I have had only one fight over our entire career together, and it's still going on." <laughs> um, we. Uh, the, I know there's no reason to fight, to fight Kirk. I mean, he, well. I don't want to be who Tommy is. I don't want to do what Tommy does on the air. He really doesn't want to do what I do. Uh, we, we, we both have our own turfs. We're very comfortable with our own turfs. Um, occasionally we get in political discussions that get kind of hot and heavy. We don't come from the same spots there. Um, but uh, in, in terms of basketball, I mean, again, I'm, I'm really not going to ever publicly uh, and, and very rarely, privately, second guess a guy who's who's in the Hall of Fame with seven. He's got like a seven or eight championships, whatever it is, behind him, and two as a coach. Uh, I'm not about to second guess him.
0: No, oh, I understand that, but human nature. You work with a guy, you travel with a guy for years and years and years. Oh, yeah. there's got to yeah, be. But he, has to be some of that. There, there, there is
1: some of that, but he, but and again, I remember one time we uh, we we had this. this This terrible disagreement in Orlando, I forget what it was over. We had it over breakfast and and, uh, to the point that I actually got up and just left the table. I just said, I I can't deal with this. And I I left the table. Um, And um, I can remember the producer, Paul Lucy, calling me in the afternoon and saying, "Uh, have you and Tommy, he was at the breakfast with us, "Um, have you and Tommy uh, resolved the situation from this morning? And I said, no. He said, well, you've got to resolve it before we go on on the game. Um, and uh, I said, well, okay, Well, I'll I'll let you know before the game whether we did or we didn't. Uh, And I can remember walking out to the bus, and Tommy standing outside the bus, and I I was fully prepared to just walk right by him and get on the bus, and and this huge arm just came around my shoulder, and he just pulls me back and gives me this big hug and and says, you know, we, we can't have this. We can't have something like this between you and me. And I'm just like, okay, fine, and that was the end of it.
0: How how tough is it to broadcast a game? You're doing the play-by-play, and you're trying to do your stuff, get all your stuff, and when the guy next to you, and this happens obviously with Tommy, we know, not as, I actually don't even think as much, quite as much as it even was like 10 years ago, but when he becomes totally hyper-focused on the referees to the point where it's actually interfering with the broadcast itself, mm-hmm. how, how, do you, how, do you, uh, how do you make that work?
1: Mostly non-verbally, with looks. I mean, again, we've just been around each other long enough. We know what looks are all about. Um, You know, Paul Lucy, again, who's just the best producer I've ever worked with, um, will very quietly say something in in the headphones that uh, he'll just go, easy, guys, easy, something like that. Um, And and it's directed more at Tommy than necessarily at me. Um, But uh, I just try to put distance between myself and what he's saying, number one, and number two, I never try to encourage him along those lines, unless I think that the referees have made a right. uh, you know ridiculous call. Um, I, my favorite part, though, and I'm sure, Kirk, you've done this a million times, my favorite part is where a, a, a I don't know, San Antonio player drives the lane and gets whacked by right. like a Celtic <laughs> right. player, and, and, and Tommy goes like, where's the foul? And then Paul will say in his head, we're going to re- we'll run that <laughs> The replay, you. right. And you run it, and you see the guy get whacked in the head, and Tommy goes, where's the foul? <laughs> and then you go, like, okay, well, I'm not going there. Because I, I, he, he doesn't even want to deal with I was say, what he just I saw. was going to
0: say, there are times where we, they show the replay, and it's clearly a foul. And you can almost hear the relief in your voice. Because you know, at least you're going to be able to move on from you know a totally insane rant again. Exactly. Which, which is still still with Tommy though, you get two or three a year that are legitimately entertaining. When, when did you first realize that you were working with a guy that was going to you know be so focused on the refs? Right away? Right away. Yeah. Well, how the hell did so, he I, do how do you do national games for C B S?
1: Um they, they they kept him in a pretty tight reign. Number one, he worked with Dick Stockton, who's not a guy who gives you a lot of room anyway. Um Tommy used to tell me stories about with CBS. They were he had to show up at the production meeting with one or two anecdotes about every player on the team, um, and turn that list over to the producer of the games on mm-hmm. CBS. And then, um, you know, the the guy would come in the headsets and go, "All right, Tommy, do the Gorman piece right now." Uh, and and Tommy hated it, but. I had a good gig with the network, so he wasn't going to knock it. But 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 they kept him in a very tight rein. And, and he didn't, uh, again, it was more that thing that I mentioned to you earlier when I was doing the Big East game, Big Monday games, I would root for both sides. Tommy on the national games, if you listen to him, thought the officials were bad to both teams. Right. It, it, it wasn't the us against them. It is when he's doing a Celtic broadcast, it was more... You know, he just official he just has a thing about officials. He just really does.
0: Yeah, you know, it's fun. once in a while because I grew up and I was obsessed with like obsessed with Bird like you wouldn't believe. I was you know, I was one of these kids who you know when you, if you'd go watch a youth basketball game in my town when I was in seventh or eighth grade, every kid mm-hmm. tried to take like eighteen foot shots with their left hands. Every <laughs> kid would die for a loose ball, they'd wipe their sneakers, they'd do all this you know, do all the same stuff that Bird did. So I was obsessed with him. So once in a while I'll still go on YouTube and watch old games, and, you know, a lot of times you're calling them. You and Tommy are calling the games. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's amazing to me is how, and this is, you know, full broadcast, is how little of the junk that you have to deal with now as a play-by-play guy that existed back then. Just the just the Twitter stuff and the reads and the promos and then this and then that, I, I would guess that you probably do five times as much of that during a game now as you did 30 years ago. Is that, is that a fair estimate? More maybe? Fair
1: estimate. Five times as much, yep and you know the, the the thing for for me is be, because of all those reads that I have to do and 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 because of the fact that I have a, a an outstanding color guy and have had an outstanding I mean stats guy um for the whole time I've been working in Boston who's Dick Light from from Bentley uh who's just as good as anybody in the business at what he does between the cards I had to read and the stats that Dick would constantly be firing at me during a game it's like 95% of what I say on the air is kind of pre-scripted. Um, there's, there's not a lot of room for me to, I mean, I'm not talking about saying how many fouls there are on that guy, how many points that guy has. But when I get through the reads, when I get through the stats, when I get through what I consider are the nuts and bolts of play by play, there's not a lot of room left to come out with opinions or to, 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 to second guess, you know, my, my color guy. So, um, I just—I never have the time to do it. I guess is the best way to answer the question.
0: Is there a call, if you could, if you know, when you're done and you—is there one call that stands out that you made in in your mind, one that stands out above anything else? A moment, you mean? Yeah, just a moment. Yeah, you know, a moment that you had, you know, a a call within the game that you got to have, sort of that moment—the one call that you said, "All right, this is probably the best one." When it's all said and done, it's the one I feel best about.
1: Well, the, you know, thanks to the, the uh, wonderful editing by a guy named Jeff Grice, who does a lot of the editing in Boston, mm-hmm. that that famous inbounds pass by uh, Isaiah right. that uh, the, the bird stole and gave to DJ and DJ mm-hmm. hit the basket, uh, um, I, I thought there was a foul on the play. So after DJ made the basket, I said, and a
0: foul. Oh, you thought DJ got fouled.
1: Yeah, right. I did. Uh, and he didn't. Um, and, and so uh, for years, they always used the network call or other calls, because my call was wrong. And I, think so, it
0: was Bob, I think it was Bob Neal on TBS, I want to say. Oh, was it? I yeah. could be wrong, but yeah. yeah. Craig Neal, whatever his name is, yeah.
1: Bob Neal. Bob yeah. Neal, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Jeff, and, and as a favorite to me one day, did a really great job of audio mixing and, and took my and the foul completely out of the play. Um, and you, you'd never know there was an edit made. So now all of a sudden, it's a really good call.
0: Do you miss, uh, do you <laughs> miss the old garden?
1: Oh, I missed the old garden terribly because of the of the broadcast position. That that remember that little well, overhang? we you, used to call it the overhang.
0: Mike, your seat your seats were right your, where you sat was right above where my dad and I sat for the season tickets that we had as a kid. Oh, really? I was, okay. I, was I was right below you guys. It was the greatest seat of. I mean, I could never see. I had to I had a duck and to see both scoreboards. But it was yeah. the greatest from a visual perspective. It was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, no, it was. And, and the thing that was great about it, that did from the courtside position we have now, that you you, um, you you don't get is you could see things develop. I was I, I, I watch calls occasionally, or, or listen to games occasionally from back then, and I was able to anticipate. Right, you're what too was low now, happen. right? Yeah. Pardon me? You're it's too, too low. You, you can't see it. You're looking through people. Right. Um, I could see the whole court. I, in my in my my uh, span of vision, I could see all 10 players at once. So I could see things develop and see things happening uh, that you, you can't see now from courtside. And, and now when you're not at courtside, you're so far up, you do most of the game off the monitor anyway. You don't even bother looking at the court.
0: And those are great teams to have that view from in, well, in the in the a stream. Bur- yeah just, just the I way think. they move the yeah. ball the way they you yeah. know the, the ball movement the way they move without the ball yeah. to watch that team from that view is unbelievable i mean that's yeah. a, I a mean, lifetime i, thing. I,
1: I would ca- I, I i distinctly remember like i would call a fast break by calling the guys who are on the wing on the wing yeah you know and then, and then bird would inevitably find them and that was a, that was a, an expression i use with, with bird a lot finds them um, because that's what he was so good at, 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 at finding who the right guy was. Um,
0: it, it, it's so different, and Brady's great, and Ortiz has been great, but, and maybe it's because I was so young and so influenced by it, but I, in my life, and I wasn't really around for ore, I've never seen somebody capture a city like Bird did. When Bird played a home game on a Wednesday night, it was just event night in the city for you know seven or eight years, I would say.
1: Yeah, without question, uh, it was the place to be in, in the city of Boston. And it has become is becoming the place to be again, which is is nice. Um, I am old enough to remember. That's the only guy in in my lifetime um, that I would say rivaled uh, Larry was Bobby Orr. Um, Bob when the Bruins played, Bobby and, and Bobby was at his his peak. Um, you, that was must see television. Um, he was just so good.
0: Do you still get uh, – um, who's giving you feedback at this point in your career with what you've done? Do you get feedback from management at Comcast or somebody at Comcast? And there's a party no. that wants to strangle if some 36-year-old guy tells you how to call a basketball game.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, was, yeah, no, yeah, I would want to strangle some people if they get into that area. Um, but, no, I um, – d- Bill Bridgen is the current boss at Comcast, and he is he is very much... He's, I know him, yeah. Yeah, he's just very much, you do what you do, and you just go do it. Um, Has
0: that always been the case, or no? Um,
1: the last... Yeah, there were some guys back early on um, that, that... Yeah, I'm trying to think of... I, I forget their names. Some guys who were back on the Sports Channel day, who were either executive producers or were uh, GMs uh, would think that they had... Uh, Good advice that way as to how I should do something, but um, I'd usually just listen and then not do it.
0: What is your, what is your, if you have a basic core philosophy? I mean, you know, you're a thoughtful guy. I'm sure you have some. Idea of what it is? Is it simplicity? Is it is it staying less is up- better?
1: I think has is, is always been a, a theory. Guys that uh, that were my heroes were not heroes. That's the wrong word. That, you know, guys who I looked up to in the business, who I thought did it right, were guys like Pat Summerall. Yeah. Um, you know, again, this came from the less is better school. Um, you know, it is TV. I mean, I, I had experience in radio and, 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 you know, and in radio you got to hold it's a whole different animal. You've got to create the scene. You've got to try to have a constant updated mental picture in someone's mind of what's going on in the court. And when you do in television, it's a visual medium. They can see what's going on in the court. So your, your job is to, uh, as I see it, is to enhance um, more so than describe, uh, because radio is all about description. Uh, TV is all about enhancement, so that would be more where I w- would come from uh, in terms of uh, uh, philosophy. I, I think le- a, I think less is better. I think it's important. To, uh, I tell Scal all the time. I said, treat treat the broadcast as if it's a three-man booth, and you have to leave uh, room for this other guy who never talks. Right, um, and so you, you hear sneaker squeaks you you get some feel for, for for the building as opposed to uh especially now when you get into the uh a lot of the ESPN guys and, and 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 Turner guys. I mean, they just never shut
0: up. Well, that's what I was going to say. They, they it seems like they never stop talking. Right. It seems generationally. I is it social media? Is it the desire to to get viral? I mean, I I will I'll flip around. That's a
1: that's a big deal. Kurt. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I
0: have the NBA pack. If I'm flipping around, I I'll, I'll hear a play by play guy or a color guy just screaming about nothing in the middle of a game. And I'm thinking, what what the hell is going on here? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, there are, there are a lot of guys. And, and I'll tell you a guy, and I'm not trying to single him out, and I, I, I think he's very, very good at what he, what he does. Very good at what he does. But I don't feel like I'm doing the same job as Kevin Harlan. Right, the I, game's, I, he's,
0: I, he feels like he's sort of a character in the game.
1: Yeah, yes. Yep,
0: Gus Johnson. Yep. A uh, little bit, yeah. I mean, there's, yep. there's, there's just, there's some of that, and that's their style, and I guess it's worked well for them. But
1: it worked very well for them, and, and, and you know, again, none of these people on the network levels are, are making these hires solely based on their own judgment. They have focus groups, they have this, they have that, that they can tell you uh, this is what people want to hear. Um, I don't think people necessarily want to hear the play-by-play guy going crazy in the first five minutes of the game. No, no, they don't. I don't think they do, but um, obviously some others do. And, and, you know, guys have made nice careers out of being that way.
0: I don't know uh, Abby Chin that well. I've seen her a few times at Comcast before they banned me from the entire (laughs) city of Burlington. But yeah, uh, they want you back, though. Curtis, they really, they really, they really don't. You know, no, no, no. I, they, don't, I No, we, well, need well, off, po- yeah, we need to talk about well, that off podcast. Well, I'd rather talk about it on the podcast. But you're, <laughs> you're, you're a powerful guy. I know, right? but I would not. I, I need I need an advocate. <laughs> but uh, but but I wonder more and more as we go on and on. It does feel to me like the sideline reporter is being slowly uh, replaced by Twitter. Though I will say this. Uh, and this is not a knock on on Abby, who I think does a good job at what the job is in 2016, I thought having a guy like Scalabrini as the sideline reporter, say, at home during the playoffs when he's sitting there and you're getting an actual coach or player perspective Mm -hmm. come out of a timeout I thought was a really good addition, if that makes sense.
1: I did, too. Yep.
0: I did, too. And, and
1: you know, again, Abby's really good at what she does, and I think it's only going to get better as time goes on. But it's, again, it's... It's much easier for Scal to listen into a huddle and to to, to quickly synopsize what 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 the, the meat of that it was and get it out than it is for Abby or it would be for, for me. Um, he, again, he because he has that experience as a player and as a coach, he was a great addition in that uh, sideline. Side I don't know where sideline uh, that neither, that whole job is going to. Neither why. Um, you know, there's it's a little bit of interview celebrities. It's an it's a little bit of get some favors done for the sales department to interview right. people that they want. Um, and cool. then, again, I, I tell Abby all the time and I've told, uh, told Greg, if, you know, if, I don't like to use the word told, because, but I, I would I'd say, look, for what it's worth, from, from where I sit, the best thing you bring to the broadcast is your ability to go into those timeouts and come out of those timeouts and say, here's what coach is saying that we need to do. Here's what what the subject of the timeout was. That's the access that, that you and I as a TV listener can't get that the sideline reporter can bring us. An interview with Donnie Wahlberg, oh,
0: I, I don't really care. just just uh, shoot yeah. me. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, I, I, I <laughs> nothing against nothing, nothing against him, or, and nothing, nothing against Donnie. I know, think Dickerson, but... I think Dickerson was was actually was great at his job. But when they, when you're right, when they go, hey, let's go meet up with this, you know, young singer who's got. You're just like, well, and I understand. I understand. There's there's a reason why they do it, but you know, I I wonder. I have a hundred fans. How many want to see that? Two, three yeah, tops. I,
1: I don't know any who do. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I really don't know what to do. I, they've, uh, it, it's a turnoff, and I think it, 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 it is, for me, from where I sit, if I see that coming and there's some other game going on somewhere that I'm like half interested in and I'm watching at home, boom, I'm gone.
0: All right, I'll get you out of here because, well, I mean, we'll be doing this again in three weeks because I'm sure this will be screwed up as well. <laughs> but so, 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 just to just just to recap real quickly, yeah, you are uh, electing not to go down to Rio, is that correct? Were you offered the chance, or are you just going to Stanford instead?
1: No, that they, they uh they Marv is doing the games. They're only going to have one. So, what are you doing at Stanford? Games. Yeah, I I do. The, I'll do men's and women's basketball, two games a day.
0: So it's sort of you'll be doing like the non-USA games. Is that going to be it?
1: No, my and. I don't know if this is true or not. Is what the grapevine has said is that that, that both Marv and, and, and Doug Collins in, in, in their negotiations of their contract uh, have only agreed to do USA men's games.
0: That's what I mean, right? So you'll be doing the games that aren't USA I'll, games.
1: I'll, I'll be doing USA women's. Women's, oh, women's, okay. Uh, 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 and uh, with who? Again, there, there, there are a lot of men's games. I mean, like when when Spain plays Argentina again. I mean, that's a great game. Sure. Uh, uh, those games will all be done out of Stanford.
0: I mean, no athletes will be there, but yeah, I mean, they'll be. Well, it, what do you think? Is that you think that's going to really nah, happen? I, I mean, I, how, I don't know. I don't know. How big a protest
1: do you think this ultimately not, will be?
0: Not that big. I think. I think that you know. I think. I think everybody's going to wind up showing up. Uh, it, it does seem, you know, it does seem really strange that they, you know, all these places bid like crazy for it, and they just hand it over to a city when this is looming. I, it happens in the World Cup too. You wonder sometimes. I guess it's just—is it just a money grab? That's a
1: big money grab. No, I know,
0: but I mean, but I mean, there's 50 cities that are willing to fork over the dough, right? would you, did you want the, did you want the Olympics in Boston? Absolutely. Yeah, because you live in New York. That's why.
1: No, I tell you what, here's where you don't I want to,
0: sh- oh, come on, you know, you okay.
1: from Dorchester. I, I, I think if, I think if we had the Olympics had come to Boston, we would have got our whole mass transit system.
0: Oh, weekend. you're a dreamer. You are a dreamer.
1: I am, well, okay. I do think, I, I think that was a real possibility. I you think, think so? Yeah. Uh, and I think the, uh, now the way they can erect these stadiums and take them down, it's not like you have in the old days that you have these high that exist for years. You go back to Barcelona, most of the sites in Barcelona in 92 are gone. Um, and, and now they put up these temp like the... You don't have to build a velodrome in Boston and then live with it. You can build it and take it down after it's over and move on to something else.
0: You know what's crazy uh, is we were here, we did, we did a bunch of shows on it. When I say nobody wanted it, they, they did a terrible job of selling it. Yes, they and, did. And nobody, you know, people. I think
1: they'll be the first to admit and that. And people
0: are cynical here by nature. I mean, we both grew up here. My yeah. initial reaction was this will be the biggest money grab from politicians you've ever seen in your life that's going to lead to graft and disaster. Well,
1: could well you, uh, I mean, that could I, I be wrong. Argue. No, I don't think you were wrong. I, I think there would be a degree of that. Uh, uh, again, my, my whole thing was that I just think, you know, the MTA needs to be oh geez. you
0: think oh my god Yeah.
1: okay so oh, I, if, we get, if we get somebody else to do it for under the guys if we have to do it for the olympics um that would have been a plus for the city of boston
0: all right so you know, i'll, I'll, I'll I've, you've had to waste two hours of your life with me which you'll never get back when when you're on your deathbed many years from now you're not going to be thinking i wish i did another podcast with kirk minahan yeah, so no, I, we
1: I, will do it we'll do this again uh, you're
0: welcome here anytime you know that but i uh, i appreciate you going through the uh the dress. You're, well, you're a, you're you're a fan of Broadway. We tried out the. We basically did the show in Hartford the first time. We tried it out, and now we brought it here again. Again, no one's no one's going to hear this one either. So we're just pretending, and then we'll do it again. I'm sure.
1: No, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation.
0: Of course, anytime, Mike. Thank you very much.
1: Hi, right, Kirk. Have All a right. good one.
0: You too. Thanks for listening to Enough About Me with Kirk Minahan. If you want more great podcasts, it's pretty easy. You can go to go the Wei mobile app. You can go the Stitcher. You can go to iTunes. You can look up Enough About Me with Kirk Minahan. You can find the ones with Sean McDonough, Bob Ryan, Dan Shaughnessy, David Portnoy. There'll be more. And what you can do when you like them, you write a review. That'll help us out a lot. You give us a rating. We can help you. You can help us. Get that done. Do it right now. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.